It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. From the Tech Sideline High Tech Studios in Blacksburg, Virginia, it's Monday, January 29th, 2024, and this is TSL Today. We hope you enjoy our audio format of TSL Today as we focus on a quick and easy news update on everything Hokies sports for your commute home. I'm your host, Carter Hill, and today we'll sit down with managing editor David Cunningham to talk all things tech men's and women's hoops, including a victory for the men over Georgia Tech, the women's successful trip to Syracuse, and a big Monday preview between the Hokies and Duke. That's all coming up next on TSL Today. This episode of TSL Today is brought to you by the Hokie Way. The Hokie Way supports student-athletes in leveraging their name, image, and likeness to amplify the mission of charitable organizations as a way to give back to the community. Your contributions to the Hokie Way support Hokies NIL are tax deductibles. Visit thehokieway.org to learn more. All right, and with that, let's welcome in our managing editor, David Cunningham, on set here at Tech Sideline. David, before we get into things... Oh my gosh, what a massive day for Virginia Tech. How excited are you for tonight? It's going to be good. Um, I expect a really, really good crowd in Castle. There are not many, there, there are no Saturday home games in the month of February. I thought Saturday's crowd against Georgia Tech was was a good crowd. Um, but I think this will be a, a good opportunity for the Hokies in front of a electric roaring crowd uh you know virginia tech is 2-0 uh, in castle on big monday against duke tech's won five of the last six in castle against duke tech wins against duke and castle that's just kind of how it is and that's how it's been in the last couple of years um i know i know they'll be fired up and it's hard to play in castle i mean the ACC network had a feature the the uh the other day i think they put it on during the boston college or georgia tech games that said, you know, there's a bunch of players from the ACC that said the toughest place to play is Castle and in Blacksburg. That doesn't surprise me, and I think, you know, Duke will, will remember that and have that etched in its brain. The players will have that etched in their brains after tonight because it's going to be a ruckus crowd, and I think Virginia Tech has a really good chance to win. I think this team is playing better basketball and has a good chance for a quadrant one opportunity at home. Those don't come around very often. You need to take advantage of those when you can. Yeah, to your point about the feature, I think they asked like 10 different guys about loudest road environment in the ACC. Maybe like seven of them said Castle Coliseum. The two that stuck out to me are Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis. And they got to go to Cameron at the end of the year. Carolina Duke, the rivalry, and they said Castle Coliseum, which is amazing. Flipping back to this past weekend, two big wins for Virginia Tech, and we'll start on the men's side, 91-67 to over Georgia Tech, and quite a lot to like in this one. Yeah, I, I thought Virginia Tech played well. The Hokies didn't necessarily get a ton of contributions from Sean Padula and Hunter Couture. Padula had nine points. Couture had 11 points. Melijah Poteet and Lynn Kidd were fantastic, as was Robbie Barron. 
that trio combined for 50 points, 19 rebounds, and was 17 of 25 from the floor, about 68%. Uh, Melijah Poteet and Lynn Kidd had 18 points each. Robbie Barron tied or had a, had a season high, uh, I want to say 12 or 14, 14 points. 14 points, and he had nine rebounds. Um, Tech's playing good basketball. Tech's playing well in the front court. I, I think Virginia Tech is learning how to, and I'll bring this up again when we talk about the women, win in different ways. You heard Kenny Brooks talk about that yesterday after the women's game. When you play in the ACC, especially when you go on the road, you have to figure out how to, you have to learn how to win in different situations. No, Hunter Couture and Sean Badula, you know, only combined for 20 points. It's the second time this year that, that they've combined for just 20 points or fewer. And Tech has won in the ACC. The other one was Louisville game, but that's Louisville. Yeah, Georgia Tech is kind of a middle-of-the-pack bottom feeder team in the ACC, but it's an up-and-coming team in, in Damon Stoudemire's first year. Um, and I thought I, I was impressed with how efficient Virginia Tech was offensively, how little it turned the ball over, just seven turnovers, and how well it played defensively. Miles Kelly, Georgia Tech's leading scorer, was held like three or four points below his average. Tech is playing good basketball across the board. Everybody is contributing. Makai Long has not played. Uh, he's expected to be a game-time decision tonight against Duke. He's not played, which means that Virginia Tech has kind of used a seven-man rotation. All seven guys these last two games, two wins, have contributed across the board in scoring and assisting and rebounding and not turning the ball over. That's what you need to be able to string some wins together. We talked about it last week, the last time we recorded, and similar to the women's side, it has really been a transfer that has stepped up the back half of the year to this point that has really helped Virginia Tech win. And to me, that's Robbie Barron. And you touched on him, 14 points, 26 minutes, really playing his role very well as well, good defensively. And when he gets open in the corner, he's going to knock down the three ball as well. So he's been really good recently as well. He's a good threat from the outside. You know, Makai Long was when he was at Old Dominion. For whatever reason, he just hasn't been able to find his shot this year. Uh, but Robbie Barron is really coming into his own. I think he's playing good defense, better defense uh, as the you know as he plays more and more games. His defense has improved. But I think he's scoring the ball better, and he's moving the ball. He, he, similar to Olivia Sumiel on the women's team, he understands what his role is now. He knows his role. It's very funny how like these are two like very similar players, like just in their roles, like between Robbie Barron and Olivia Sumiel, in terms of you know they haven't necessarily started all the games this season. Okay, well now they're starting to figure out, and they're starting, and and they're the the person that was starting for them is not playing as much or at all right now, um, but that's how good they've been. Specifically with Baron, he's the one of the best passers on the team. He's not like a Justin Mutz like passer where he he's going to you know whip it around, but he but he moves the ball and he runs offense and he screens well. He does all those little things: the rebounding, the boxing out. The hedging, the, like he does all of those things that Virginia Tech desperately needs, and he's playing well offensively too. He's finding his shot. He's not trying to force it. He's taking, like he he's taking the opportunities that come his way, and he's taking advantage of them. And he's not necessarily, 
you know, like I remember I, I flash back to the South Carolina game in Charlotte where Robbie Barron hit a three, came down the court the next time and pulled up from like two feet behind the arc as like a heat check. Yeah. He's not doing that. No. He's playing smarter basketball. He's taking care of the ball. I think he understands now, like, yes, every possession in basketball matters for most teams, for any team, right? Like, every possession matters. But when you play for a team like Mike Young, where they play at the tempo they do, they score the ball as efficient as they do, it's kind of similar to Virginia, where you play this slow-down, low-tempo style, Every possession matters, and I think he's understanding that. And as a result, he's playing smarter. And when he gets open in the three, when he gets open in the corner, he takes the three. Like, that's just how he's playing right now. He's playing really good basketball, and he's part of the reason why Virginia Tech has taken sort of this next step. Tech was also 15 for 17 from the free throw line, too. They've been really good at the charity stripe this year as a whole. Five and four in conference play now, and it seems like the Hokies are really hitting their strides at the right time. Speaking of hitting their strides at the right time, Virginia Tech women's basketball, very tough stretch coming up, and we'll get to more of the men in a minute. But the women, what an impressive win over Syracuse this Sunday at the JMA Wireless Dome, 75-62 to 62 over the Orange, and they did so with Liz Kitley virtually non-existent on the offensive end. It was a weird off night for Liz Kitley. Uh, she's been the best player in the ACC this season, and she had an extremely quiet game. I believe just six points, five mm-hmm. rebounds. Uh, she had a couple turnovers, a couple blocks, a couple steals, but she was like 3 of 13, and... She, all of her looks were good looks. I mean, Kenny Brooks said on on you know the Virginia Tech Sports Network, the radio show with Evan Hughes after the game, that you know, it wasn't like Liz wasn't was, was trying to force stuff or, or take shots she doesn't usually get. I mean, they were running the same sets they usually do, getting her looks, you know, coming off a screen, fading away on the baseline. She just wasn't hitting them, and. Guess what? Virginia Tech had other players step up. Olivia Sumiel was fantastic. Um, you know, Georgia Amor, Matilda Eck and Kayla King and Carly Wenzel will probably get a lot of a lot of that credit, specifically the first three, just because of the, the points they scored. Olivia Sumiel only had five points, but she had twelve rebounds, and she hit a corner three that was that was really really important. Um, Georgia Amor had twenty nine. Matilda Eck uh, had fourteen. Kayla King had thirteen. Carly Wenzel was great, and she came in. And Georgia Amor, I think th- this might go unnoticed, but when you think back on it. Georgia Amor missed the entire second quarter yeah. due to foul trouble. All but like the last 10 seconds. Yeah. And Carly Wenzel came in and ran the point well. I believe only turned it over one time. She scored the ball well. She facilitated well. Yes, Virginia Tech was up like double digits and the lead got cut back to like two or four at half. But Tech didn't really lose any of its momentum. Like, yeah, Syracuse had kind of some momentum going into the break. That was because it cut it, you know, to to two or four points, whatever it was, um, at halftime, actually. I should probably look at my notes because I wrote it down. Uh, it was a four-point game, 36-32 at halftime. Um, yeah, I mean, Syracuse kind of ramped it up, outscored Virginia Tech like 23-13 in the second quarter, but Tech had already built up that big lead. George Hamor was fantastic, and she's playing – like after missing that game with a head injury, she has come back and has been phenomenal in two games. She understands what she has to do better. And I mean that like she's 
not like 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 she is being patient. She is taking what the defense is giving her. You watch her play, and she's like getting extremely low to the ground and dribbling and weaving through defenders, drawing everybody in, and then kicking it out. That's what you need from her, especially when Liz Kitley is A, not on the floor, or B, not playing well. And Matilda Eck, she was fantastic. Yes. Kayla King was really good. They had they got contributions from, from those players. That made the difference in the game. Clara Strack came in and gave Tech some big minutes. This team's playing really, really good basketball right now. Virginia comes to Castle on Thursday, then two really big ones at NC State. Sorry, at North Carolina, at NC State, back-to-back on the road Sunday, Thursday. But this Virginia Tech team is is sitting in a three-way tie for second place in the ACC right now. Really good position. If you told Kenny Brooks before the game yesterday that Virginia Tech was going to win despite Liz Kitley's performance, he would have said no way. But everything, to your point, went right that had to go right. And a lot of that credit, like I said, and like you touched on, goes to Olivia Summio. And I don't really think people understand what she's doing for Virginia Tech because maybe she doesn't score as often as those others we just mentioned do, but rebounding the ball really good. And it kind of feels like she wins a lot of the 50-50 balls that she gets as well. Yeah, and she screens well. She screens well. She defends well. She moves off the ball well, and she's a threat. She's exactly kind of what you need from that spot. She can pop a corner three. Rose Misha, unfortunately, cannot do that. She hasn't played as much lately. Um, part of that is become, because Samuel's playing so well. I also think we need to talk about Virginia Tech's defense because the Hokies defended very, very well. The Asia Fair is an all-ACC, you know, ACC player of the year candidate, all-ACC probably first-team player at the end of the year. And she was held to 16 points. She averages 21. Virginia Tech limited Syracuse to 33% to go on the road. Mike Young always says it, and it it translates to the women's side too. Your defense has to travel when you go on the road. Virginia Tech's defense traveled. And I know know Tech kind of got carved up a little bit by the mid-range jumper on occasion, and Tech fouled a lot. Kitley spent some time in foul trouble. Amor spent some time in foul trouble. But Tech played good, solid defense when it didn't. And, And I think... Building up that lead early was important. Again, this Virginia Tech team is playing well. And when you can hold somebody to 33% and then shoot like 47% yourself, you get Amor to score 29, even when Kitley doesn't, like like Elizabeth Kitley, her contributions were essentially not needed. I mean, yes, she had eight or nine rebounds, but like Virginia Tech won without Elizabeth Kitley scoring a lot of points which goes to show you that this team is versatile. It's more than just the Elizabeth Kitley show. It's more than just the Georgia Amor show. We know that. But to be able to go on the road, be the top 25 team, first-ranked road win of the year, to be able to, to go up there and win, that, that like, that's tough. You can't just walk into a road environment like that you know, and, and I was talking to Evan Hughes. He said there were like five or 6,000 people in there yesterday. That's better than some of the crowds they've had in the past. Um, that crowd was pretty loud, and that's a really good Syracuse team. That's a Syracuse team that was seven and one, hadn't lost at home, had not lost at home in a year. Mm-hmm. Seventeen and one in the ACC coming in, seventeen like three. Virginia Tech beat a very good team. Okay, well now you gotta come back when against Virginia, 
Now you got to take it on the road to Carolina. Then you got to take it on the road to the NC State. I mean, this league is so, so good. Speaking of Virginia, Virginia beat Carolina. Handily, too, in Charlottesville. By 15 on in Charlottesville. That's the same Virginia team that lost to Pitt last week. Who Virginia Tech beat by 50. This is this <laughs> league is chaotic and crazy. If, but, but Virginia Tech is a is a steady ship right now. And I think like yeah, Tech lost to to Duke. Tech lost to Florida State on the road, but Tech is learning and Tech is finding itself. And Tech just beat a team that beat Tech just beat a team in Syracuse that swept Notre Dame. Went up to South Bend on Thursday, beat Notre Dame handily. Who wouldn't be UConn on Sunday or Saturday night? Like th- this Virginia Tech team is is playing really really good basketball. Very curious to see how, how they play Virginia, um, but but then they go on the road to Carolina, Tennessee State. You got to win those games, and these are it'll be the second time they're playing NC State. First time they're playing playing the Tar Heels. That's next week. I'm sure Kenny, you know, Sunday, Thursday. I'm sure Kenny Brooks isn't really looking ahead. They've got UVA on the horizon. I think that's that's going to be good. And and like I I really like the way they're playing right now. Samuel's been good. Matilda Eck and Kayla King. They're finding their rhythm. Like everything's clicking. Carly Wenzel. Like like her contributions will probably go under the radar a little bit because Georgia Amor had 29. But Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech does not win that game if Carly Wenzel turns it over a bunch or cannot does not have the composure to run point for the entire second quarter. Like, between that and between Olivia Simeon playing 34 minutes, like, everything's gelling for this team. That's what you want to see. Big win for Virginia Tech. Big one for sure. Back to the men's side. Oh, boy. What a big one tonight. Virginia Tech, and as of recording this podcast, it will probably change in the next hour or two. Number 12 Duke on Big Monday inside Castle Coliseum, 7 p.m. tip on ESPN, and it is going to be wild. Yeah, I mean, you can explain why it's going to be wild. I mean, you're, you're, are you I am, covering the game? I, or I'm gonna, calling the game tonight, no, so, yeah, yeah I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a student. You probably know better of the vibe of the student body right now than I do. Uh, everybody's excited when Duke comes to town. We were just talking about it before we went on air. Duke and UVA, both big Mondays. Both those crowds will be rabid tonight. Obviously, Duke, to your point, always has trouble winning in Castle Coliseum, it feels like. Duke always carries the brand name, the Blue Bloods, like a Carolina, and I think people are very fired up. 15-4 and four overall, 6-2 and two in ACC play, and the preseason pick to win the conference. In your opinion, how does Virginia Tech match up with Duke? Obviously, a low down low and a veteran point guard up top. Duke is a team that has been a little bit banged up recently. Jeremy Roach, John Shire, Duke's head coach, John Shire, said after Saturday's game at Clemson, which came down to the wire, Jeremy Roach did not scrimmage five on five before playing. That is how kind of desperate Duke was to get him back. That's how much they needed Jeremy Roach. And that's how much Jeremy Roach means to this team. He is... Maybe the most veteran point guard in the ACC. I think you could probably put Joe Girard up there. Now, yeah. the best point guard in the ACC right now is R.J. Davis. That's a different conversation. But he, Jer- Jeremy Roach is playing pretty good basketball. This is a team that has a lot of weapons, a lot of options. Kyle Filipowski is one of the best players in the conference right now and the best players in the country. I still think that R.J. Davis would be my ACC player of the year as of today. North Carolina's point guard. He's playing outstanding. 
but Kyle Filipowski's playing pretty well too. Um, Filipowski's playing well. They've got Mark Mitchell, Jared McLean, McCain, sorry, uh, Caleb Foster, Tyrese Proctor. They've got options all over the place. This has been a, a team that has a loss to Arkansas and two losses to Pitt and Georgia Tech. One at home, one on the road. It, it, Duke has been tough to figure out. Like Duke's handled the ball well here, hasn't handled the ball well there. Um, Duke has uh, shot the ball well here, played good defense here, hasn't done those two things elsewhere. Kind of a, hit, a little hit or miss team. I think this Virginia Tech Duke matchup is is a little bit in Tech's favor. Now Duke is a, a good, great team. Don't get me wrong. But Duke will play Virginia Tech differently than a lot of other teams. Duke will not press, or, or probably likely won't. Duke is not a pressing team, unlike the Miamis, the NC States, those teams that get after you and try to pressure you in the full court. Duke is so talented that Duke defends you in the half court and just lets you run, kind of lets you run your stuff and tries and defends it from there. That's an a little bit of an advantage for Virginia Tech as opposed to what it has faced in, in recent games where Champadoul is hounded for 40 minutes for 94 feet and has to bring the ball up the floor each time with somebody in his face. He'll probably be able to walk the ball up the floor. Tech can remain composed. Now, going to take good three-point shooting. Tech's going to have to rebound the basketball well. Tech's going to have to take care of the ball. You can't turn it over 20 times against Duke. <laughs> no. No. You can't turn it over probably 15 times against it. I mean, that's pushing it. Like, Tech's got to play good, clean, smart basketball. On the other side, when Duke has lost games this year, again, it's been a variety of reasons. Um, you know, When they lost at Georgia Tech, they turned it over just six times. It, it sounds very simple, but when Duke has lost this year, it's because the other team has A, shot better for the most part, and B, limited Duke. When I say limited, I mean, you know, somebody will shoot 50% and limit Duke to 46%, right? You ju- you're just a little bit better. That's how a lot, you know, the couple teams that have beaten Duke, uh, I believe, have, have done it. Like, they've limited Duke. Arkansas did it better, obviously, but Arkansas at that time was a little bit of a better team, I think, than Pitt and Georgia Tech. But, like... Pitt did it in Cameron. Like, like, this is a Duke team that is very susceptible, I should say. A Duke team that is hit or miss. And I think that shakes out in Virginia Tech's favor. Because guess who Duke has on Saturday? North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And Duke barely beat Clemson on Saturday, this past Saturday. I think it bodes well for Virginia Tech that Duke did not win. Or Duke, 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 Duke that Duke did win. Because if the Blue Devils were coming off a loss, then they're more locked, a little bit more locked in. Maybe they're a little bit more fired up. You know, I think they might just be like, from what it sounds like, John Shire is a little bit just relieved, kind of, to get out of that one. You, you, like losing it against Clemson at home. You know, they would have lost two Saturday games in Cameron in a week, and they're kind of relieved they get out of there. But they've got to travel. You know, they probably bust up late last night from from Durham up to Blacksburg. They're, they played a game two days ago. You've got a quick turnaround in scouting for Virginia Tech, which is hard. 
And and it's funny because Mike Young on the other side said, you know, I haven't seen a lot of Duke this year, just because uh, they they're such a different team. They yeah. they play differently because they're more talented than a lot of the other teams in the ACC. They defend differently. That they, they're a little bit different offensively. This is a really really good Duke team. I'm, I'm sure John Shire probably maybe he's seen a little bit more of Tech because, but but like Duke. Duke is scouting for Virginia, for Virginia Tech, you know, essentially on a quick turnaround like that. I think a lot of this shakes out in Virginia Tech's favor. It's going to be a crazy home environment. Duke, Duke's coming to your place. Both teams you know, just played two days ago. Tech doesn't have to travel. Duke has Carolina on Saturday. Duke just came off, uh, you know, basically escaped Clemson. I think a lot of it shakes out in Virginia Tech's favor. I think Tech can win this game, get a quadrant one win. I think Tech will win this game, mm-hmm. get a quadrant one win. Then you go to Miami, you got another quadrant one opportunity. Virginia Tech's resume is looking better and better and better. A win today, if you can maybe take the win on the road at Miami or just win one of these next two, your resume looks a lot better. You're going to need wins, but but this is a team in much, much better position. I like where the Hokies stand. I really do. But you might be like, David, why? Well, they're 13, they're 13 and 7, uh, 5 and 4 in the ACC. Okay, well, they'll, they'll be 6 and 4 halfway through if they get a win against Duke on Monday night. I will say about that pit loss about a week and a half ago, no Jeremy Roach and no Mark Mitchell in that game. So the injury bug definitely hit Duke at the wrong time, but it seems like they're finally getting healthy. Kyle Filipowski, we touched on him, averaging 17 and 7. There's a reason why he has the accolades he has. He torched Tech for 29 last year in Blacksburg, so he's definitely a matchup problem down low. Also, the other thing about Duke, I was talking with somebody the other day. I get Coach K is not here anymore. But how many times have you seen them return three to four starters with Roach, Tyrese Proctor, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, four starters from last year, an ACC tournament title team. So yeah, a good Duke team, going to be a challenge, but some familiarity from a year ago. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech at Grand Basili, who kind of went toe-to-toe with Filipowski a lot last year. I mean, remember, it took a MJ, a MJ Collins shot at the buzzer who then turned and, you know, Hit punched Filipowski. Now, I mean, that was just that was chaotic, and, and you know, maybe could not have gone Virginia Tech's way. But the Hokies got it done last year, and that was a team that had one was one in seven in the ACC prior to that game. This is a Virginia Tech team in a much different position. This is a Virginia Tech team that is playing much better basketball. I like where Virginia Tech sits. I, I think if if Tech can can play composed, take care of the basketball, crash the boards, and rebound well. It all starts on the defensive end. Duke is top 15. I think I wrote down Duke is 13th in the country or 12th in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency, 32nd in adjusted defense efficiency. Tech will be able to score the ball, assuming the shots are falling. I mean, Tech's going to get good looks. I should say that. Tech's going to get good looks, just kind of whether the shots fall or not. Uh, and when you're playing at home, usually a little bit better. Tech's going to have to defend, and how Tech defends Filipowski is going to be very interesting. He can step out and shoot the, the occasional three. He can put it on the floor and drive it. He's a matchup problem. But taking care of the basketball, 
is also going to be key. And, and Tech did a better job with that on Saturday. I'm excited. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really, really good basketball game. Uh, there aren't a lot of really good basketball games tonight. No. It's, it's this one and, and Houston, Houston and Texas. Texas. Um, big Monday used to be big. Now it's kind of just Monday. It's kind of mid, mid Monday. Yeah, but this this is going to be. A, <laughs> but this is a big one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I I know there's a different coverage plan tonight. I think there's going to be more content. So kind of talk to everybody about what's coming up on Tech Sideline tonight and later this week. Yeah, uh, Andy Bitter, uh, who. Obviously, he's been with us for almost a year now. Uh, this is the first time he's been with us through the peak of basketball season. Uh, he came in. The first assignment Andy had, lucky guy, got to go down and cover the Final Four in Dallas um, with me for the women. Uh, Andy will be alongside me on Press Row tonight covering the men's game against Duke. He'll, he'll uh, probably pinch hit a little bit for me when the men go to Carolina a couple weeks when I go to Louisville for the women. Again, the Louisville women, they're the – top team in the conference right now. So that's going to be like one versus two or one versus three or four. Um, but he'll, uh, he'll probably help me cover the UVA game too. And um, he, 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 there's not a lot going on in terms of football right now. So gives Andy a chance to kind of write some different stories, get some different perspective. And I'm very excited because I mean, obviously um, Andy's, Andy's great and um, you know, worked out well when he came down and helped me cover the final four last year, he wrote some great stories um, and it helps take a little bit of weight off my plate because I don't feel like I have to cover everything. So it'll be good. Andy and I will each have a story afterwards and I'll probably have a story out on Tuesday morning um, with some thoughts after the game. Um, you know, if Virginia tech wins. Uh, I, I think I'll probably end up going to Coral Gables on Saturday for the Miami game, um, which is, I've never been down there to the Watsco center. Um, but that's a big one. And if Virginia Tech can win this game, then you're looking at a team that has won four straight games, has a chance to win five, and is maybe the hottest team in the ACC outside of North Carolina. So, and Carolina's won. Carolina's 9-0 in the ACC. So Carolina's good. Carolina's really good. Carolina's but, good. But, I, but yeah, so uh, there a lot, lot of good stuff coming up on TechSideline.com. Go subscribe. Go uh, use promo code David for a discount if you're if you're interested. Um, but yeah, I'll have my coverage. Andy will be alongside me. Um, you know, I think he in the past when he worked at his other outlets, I don't think they necessarily cared about covering basketball. And obviously, we care about covering basketball. And uh, and he he enjoys watching it. Enjoys getting a different perspective because basketball, honestly, is a little bit laid back in terms of football, in terms of coverage, and in terms of the guys being able to, to, to chat with them and afterwards Mike Young obviously is is fantastic so um yeah yeah it should should be good um I'm I'm, I'm kind of just interested to see how it plays out Virginia Tech the ball is in its court yeah game time decision to South Beach for David Cunningham we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah, we'll tonight see. David have a fun time tonight I know we went a little long but important stuff to talk about so appreciate it as always yeah appreciate it that's David Cunningham I'm Carter Hill and that was your Monday installment of TSL today 